I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 236 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And this week, we have something that's definitely outside of the box. Uh, because I couldn't lock down a host, a co-host, or a guest, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I was scrambling. I'd been scrambling for two weeks. And it's funny because towards the end of August was having a hard time scheduling people or people dropping off the face of the earth when they were supposed to come on. Now it turns out that I've got all these people coming out of the woodwork. So beggars can't be choosers. Sucks when you don't have um, a lot of people coming on board or, or, you know, when you want to schedule people and you know, it's not a bad problem to have when you've got too many people coming at you. So um, in the next few weeks, there will be a few episodes that will take place. I should say live streams, the Signals from Mars live stream will take place at some odd times. It's usually Fridays, but um, because of guest availability, there's going to be a few Wednesdays. There's somebody that contacted me today that uh, may be doing the show on a Monday. So we'll see how that all turns out and we'll see what ends up happening with usual Friday slot. Um, because of the fact that I couldn't get a guest, I kind of reached out to, you know, I actually reached out to Jeremy Weltman, whose patrons pick is coming up later on. Uh, Jeremy and I usually speak throughout the week and I mentioned what was going on and Jeremy said, Hey, why don't you do an ask the host show? And he said, you know, post it to Patreon, see what people say. And I did. I posted it there and people seemed to be in favor of it. So I said, well, worst case scenario, if the show sucks, I do it once and I never do it again. But the show was a lot of fun to do. I got to tell you, um, it was great because you know, people are always in the chat. If I doubt that you're here for just for this episode specifically, but because you've listened to other things, uh, other interviews that I've done, and I gather that you know what it's like with me and the people that are in the chat. Most of them are patrons of mine. Uh, I thank them for being patrons of mine, and I will in a second because I'm going to rattle their names off. But um yeah, so um I appreciate all the feedback that they provide and the questions that they provide live. So they said to me, let's do this. Let's try it basically. And we did it. And it was a lot of fun. Today's episode is extra long. Okay. It is over two hours long because of the intro, the Replay of last week's signals from Mars will start at the 10 minute mark as usual. Uh, Jeremy's um, patron's pick will start uh, in a minute or two. But um, anyway, 
It was great. It was great just to interact with people and it was really off the wall. So these Fridays where I may not be able to get guests, it may just be me doing this stuff in the future. We'll see. It all depends on what feedback I get. So guys, let me know. In any event, want to mention my patrons were steadfast at the dirty dozen here. Johan in Sweden, Rob Rowe from the Rock and Roll Podcast. Metal Dan, Jerry from Long Island, Jose Ruiz up in Connecticut, uh, Ruiz, if I pronounced it wrong, Ruiz in Castilian Spanish, Chris Vaglio of the Chris and Amanda Show, uh, the Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz from Talking Metal, Mr. Mark Striegel from Yarg Metal, Mr. Brad Dahl, um, Mr. Brad, yeah, okay. Uh, Mr. Mike Jones. I almost said Brian Jones. Yeah, we've got, we've resurrected the guy from the stones. Yeah. Um, Mike Jones, uh, Jeremy Weltman in the UK and Mr. Steve Hoker. Uh, I am definitely be behind the eight ball today, getting this together, making sure that this podcast is up before tonight's Judas Priest discussion with my patrons. Uh, a lot of really cool things that I do with my patrons. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast to find out more. You can become a patron for as little as two bucks a month. All this video content, the album of the week. Yes, D. Snyder liked and thanked me for making his Leave a Scar album, his latest release, for making that uh, the album of the week. You can check all that stuff out. Help curate the Patreon uh, or the patron pod or the patron playlist. There you go, which is on Spotify and Apple Music and a whole ton of other stuff that you can do. Here's Jeremy Welcome with Patrons Club. Hello everyone, it's Jeremy Weltman here again with another patrons pick. I've been through all the latest new releases as usual on MarsAttacksRadio.com. All the releases put up there by Victor M. Ruiz, the metal professor who you've just been listening to. Um, he, of course, has obviously picked I Maiden Senjutsu. I think that's how you pronounce it. We've been having a bit of a debate over that one. He's also picked Molotov Rocktail by Bacassa, two uh, interesting albums to listen to there. There are 11 albums listed uh, last Friday. The, there were also seven reissues, including Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood which uh, I quite like, actually. Uh, I know that's caused a little bit of debate amongst patrons, uh, but you can join us and join in those debates if you wish. This week, I've um, liked the soft AOR sounds of the Nightflight Orchestra. I've also liked um, what is a, a more harder-hitting um, album, 21st Century Love Songs by the Wild, Ho Wild Hearts. Those two were, were good. This week's patron's pick, though, is called The Major Minor Collective by The Picture Books. Uh, of course, the blues rock motorbiking duo from Germany. Uh, this is their sixth album, and this is one that they have guests on each of the songs. Uh, and I, I think it's quite a it's a nice album. This it's quite a mix of um, mostly sort of stripped back songs. It has very good production, and I think all the songs are quite different as well, which is quite a nice. Um, it gives it quite a, quite a nice interest. Uh, I like Karina Karina featuring Neil Fallon, that sort of slide guitar and a sort of mood, moody, bluesy sound. 
I like Beach Seduction featuring Leah Wellbaum. That's got a bit of a vibe all of its own. And then you've got uh, songs like Holy Ghost, which is a sort of T-Rex style groove with uh, John Harvey of Monster Truck. So it goes on. Uh, there's Rebel. Uh, that features Lizzie Hale, a bit of a soft rocker that sort of steps up. And then you've got uh, Multidimensional Violence with Hjelvik. That's a very sort of harder, heavier sounding uh, song in a sort of Marilyn Manson style. There's uh, a lot more slide, a lot more blues. And by the time you get to the closer, which is called Song 12, a bonus track, uh, I think you've really heard a very nice and varied album. So uh, this week's patron's pick is The Picture Books with the Major Minor Collective. There you go. I love listening to Jeremy's patron's pick. Uh, he always gives me homework. There's plenty of albums there that he mentioned uh, that I want to check out that I hadn't beforehand. And every time that he picks something, I always go back and check the album out. Uh, just want to mention that if you want to join us live, there will be two special Wednesday shows coming up. One with John Bush of Armored Saint and Anthrax fame on Wednesday the 22nd. And also um, the following Wednesday will be Joey Vera of Armored Saint. It will be Wednesdays and one will be at um, 12.30 Eastern and the Joey Vera one will be at 1 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to join us, please do so. In any event... Here we go with the Ask the Host episode. Enjoy. Thanks. Welcome one and all to episode. I did the podcast today. Episode, it was 235. I was in podcast mode. Welcome to Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and VMRIT, my web design uh, company. And we are here on Friday night, August 3rd. And um, we have an interesting night planned thanks to the fact that uh, I was scrambling for guests and Jeremy Weltman came up with an interesting idea which was to do an Ask the Host show. So that's what we're going to do. I, I love the idea. And we'll see if you guys think this is interesting or not. Uh, is anyone out there in the chat tonight? Let me hear you. Let me see you. Type something up. Let me know you're there. This is the five people are watching. Here we go. Jeremy Weltman chiming in from the UK. Jeremy, I don't know if you got to listen to uh, the episode I posted today, but your patron's pick was phenomenal. Okay, it was just ridiculous. It was the best of the best, just the way that you described everything, the way it was all laid out. If you don't listen to my episode for, you know, if you don't listen to episode 235 of the Mars Attacks podcast for anything else, Listen to Jeremy Weltman's patron's pick 
The Bronx is a band that I never got into because of just some shenanigans they pulled um, a few years ago. And it kind of turned me off to, to checking them out. And after hearing Jeremy's review, I have to check the new album out. So <laughs> um, let's see. We have Mr. Brad Dahl. Dr. Poison is in the house. Um, let's see. He is protecting Utah from Black Widow bites. Yikes. So I'm assuming that's what he's been um, tending to today. So um, let's see. Uh, so Jeremy says he just said, listen, thanks. My album may arrive tomorrow. Well, very cool. Um, Rob Rowe checking in from Missouri. Hello, sir. Um, yeah, Jeremy posted uh, that he's that he's waiting to hear what the uh, the other albums that I received this week are. And um, I held off doing the album of the week because, first of all, the album of the week that I did this week. Uh, Fear Factory's Aggression Continuum, that was supposed to arrive last month, supposed to get here, uh, you know, the 20th. And EMP, which is the company that I do, um, uh, which is where I purchase a lot of my stuff from, their shipping is usually, it usually takes a week to get to me. Even if you pre-order, a week. It's it's just ridiculous the way that it works. But um, so that was coming out on the 20th and it should have been here around then. But it got here on Monday, which was the what? 20. The, no, the 30th. And then I received another notification on Monday that it, something else was coming. So I was waiting. I was like, all right, well, what else did I order? I know that I've ordered a bunch of things, but I don't remember what order they were coming in. And, you know, what album of the week do I want to feature first? So since I got the Fear Factory first, that's what I went with. Uh, Brad Dahl, new releases today. Yeah, we did new releases today. We um, featured the new Iron Maiden album, which uh, Jerry from Long Island has chimed in quite a bit about on the Patreon, on the patron. Jesus, I can't say it lately. On the Patreon page. Um and actually, Johan up in Sweden, who's checking in after the midnight hour. Hello, sir. How are you, Johan? Johan also chimed in and said that um, that he's been listening to the new Iron Maiden today. And um, uh, yeah, so I, I featured that and I featured the album Molotov Rocktail by the band uh, Bokasa, I guess is how you pronounce it. They're a Norwegian band. And if you're into, you know, stuff like the helicopters or you're into uh, Turbo Negro or stuff like that, I'd recommend checking them out. They're a, they're a Norwegian um, hard rock band that, you know, teeters on that line between being stoner rock and, you know, all the other great stuff that a lot of, Scandinavian bands are doing. So um, anyway, let's see. Jeremy's saying a couple of my albums are going to end up as Christmas presents. They're going to be so delayed. Yeah, no kidding. The Fear Factory came a month after it was released in any other format. 
And there are a few others like that as well. It makes you think, did Maiden cut the line or did they put their order in last year? <laughs> you know, and that's what's forced them to release this on September 3rd. So anyway, let's get into the questions that you guys have sent in. A lot of these I'm just going to answer off the cuff. And there are others that were sent to me that I had to, I, I had to kind of prepare and write the stuff down because I didn't want to be brain farting on the air. Um, uh, Jose up in Connecticut. Hello, sir. Hope you're doing well. And let's see, Jeremy, Jer Maiden gets priority. So many sales. Yeah, that's probably what ended up happening. So anyway, let's start the ask the host segment here. And let's see, this first question is coming from Steve Hoker. When and how did you get into wrestling? Okay. So I got into wrestling, I have to think, like about 82, 83-ish. Um, and the reason that I got into wrestling was because my father and my brother wanted to annoy me and not allow me to watch Saturday morning cartoons. So they would put wrestling on to piss me off. So what ended up happening was I ended up liking what I was seeing and then it turned from, haha, you know, let's put wrestling on so that uh, it bugs him to, uh, why are you watching that shit again? So <laughs> I did a 180 and they did a 180. So, uh, yeah. So it was sometime in the 80s. It was before WrestleMania, definitely. And, you know, Golden Age, or, you know, there's several Golden Ages, but before, uh, and I, no, it was. Yeah, because when I started watching, Backlund was still champ. Iron Sheik shortly thereafter beat him, and then Hogan beat him for the first, you know, first match after, you know, how all that went down. So, all right. Question two here. Um, let's see. What was the first heavy rock metal you got into? This is coming from Jeremy. All right, Jeremy, my first recollection of anything remotely hard rock or metal was um, was Kiss. Kiss! Um, four years old, my brother had a Live 2, and he had Destroyer. And as a kid, you know, um, I saw the imagery. Wow, this is, looks like a cartoon. And they're playing instruments, too, without realizing what the lyrics were about or anything like that. And I still go back to the booklet that came inside of Alive 2, The Evolution of Kiss or something like that it was called. I'd lost that many years ago. Um, but there, you know, each member had a an entire like page dedicated to them. And I remember seeing Ace Freely with his Les Paul with the smoke coming out, the silver makeup, and being, oh, my God, what's this? That moment right there, that got me into Kiss. So Kiss is what did it for me. And I'm lucky that my brother is slightly older than me. He got other albums. He moved on from Kiss and got other things like ACDC's Back in Black and Cheap Trick Live at Budokan and Pink Floyd's The Wall. And uh, Ted Nugent's Scream Dream and 
there were a few others. There was Pat Benatar's Prime of or Crime of Passion, then Led Zeppelin Four, and stuff like that. Um, but the only thing I got into or bought or had people buy me up until '83 was Kiss. So there you go. Quiet Riot broke the streak with Metal Health. Uh, anyway, let's see here. Uh, Jeremy Weltman, any memorable gigs? Um, there's quite a few, and for a lot of different reasons. I could think back to the first kind of like real metal show that I went to. That was um, at Studio One in Newark, New Jersey, which was affectionately called Studio Scum. Your feet would stick to the floor <laughs> in that place. And the bill was uh, Crowbar on, I believe, their first national tour. Drummer went on to become the drummer of Black Label Society many years later. Craig Burenbacher or something like that his name was. Uh, the second band was Souls at Zero, who used to be Wrathchild America, who had Shannon Larkin who's been playing in Godsmack for several years, played with Ugly Kid Joe, and has done a ton of studio work with Glenn Tipton and Tony Iommi and a lot of different people over the years. He's skinny, like a noodle. Um, as I see that uh, Paula, uh, Jose's, Jose's wife is in here, uh, Angel Di Maria, who plays with PSG, He's affectionately known as El Fideo, which means the um, the the uh, I just read read uh, Brad's thing and lost train of thought. But anyway, um, the noodle or whatever. He's so skinny. He's known as, uh, you know, that. But anyway. Yeah. So Shannon Larkin was skinny as can be just bones was carried on stage by two people. I have no idea what was going on, but once he got behind the drums, he knocked it out of the park. Headliners were Sacred Reich. No problem, Brad. Your stories are always interesting. Um, anyway, um, that was memorable. I got to see ah, Kiss on the first farewell tour. was memorable for being horrible. I <laughs> uh, got to see a festival here in Spain where it was the last, well, the two headliners were Kiss and Dio back to back. Well, Dio then Kiss. That was Dio's last solo tour ever. He did that while Heaven and Hell was on break. And then shortly thereafter, he went in for chemotherapy and died less than a year later. Uh, so that's very memorable. Um, Got to see Queens of the Stone Age, which was great opening up for the Red Hot Chili Peppers in New Jersey. One of my last shows that I saw there while I was living there, I should say. Uh, Iron Maiden with uh, Halford and Queensryche opening up at Montage Mountain in Scranton, Pennsylvania. That was great. Um, there's been a, a ton of stuff. Um, and I know that this is kind of off the beaten track here. But seeing another festival in Madrid with Deftones, Deftones really stood out to me and the reunited Faith No More. Those two on that bill were just ridiculous. They were phenomenal. So there's a lot more. I, I don't want to 
I could, I could go for two hours <laughs> just on that. But let's see another question from Jeremy. Are there any bands you didn't like at first, but do now and vice versa? Any you like, but now can't stand a few weeks ago. We talked about, um, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So that's right. Pete was there with me for the, um, for the Iron Maiden, Queensryche, and Halford. That's right. Um, yeah, I had four tickets, and I gave the other two to some shlomos at work that supposedly worked for the, the crew of Queensryche or knew someone and was going to get us to meet the band, and they took off before us, so whatever. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so any bands that I used to not like and now do me and uh, Brad talked about this a few weeks ago. Skid Row hated Skid Row. And then all of a sudden about two, three years ago was like, okay. And actually I will say that this leads into bands. I can't stand now. This kind of came from the whole, um, uh, Vinnie Vincent debacle. And Vinnie Vincent, who, uh, a, Vinnie Vincent's Invasion, a band that I always loved and I always defended Vinnie and until he fucked with somebody that I knew and exactly what Gene and Paul and everyone else had always said about Vinnie over the years was exactly what he did with my friends from the Rock and Pod Expo. As some of you know, I'm the uh, webmaster for the Rock and Pod Expo site and the Decibel Geek podcast as well. And um, after they fucked with Chris Inzak and Aaron from that show, who've been supporters of mine from way back, been friends since way back, uh, I spoke to Chris Inzak yesterday for almost an hour on the phone. And after they fucked with him, I was like, eh, I want nothing to do with this guy anymore. So at that point in time, I said, okay, I'm going to listen to bands with a much more open mind than what I did in the past. Skid Row, love those first three albums. There's songs off of the other albums that have come out that I like, but not as much as, as those first three. That's one band. Another band that I don't care for, and this is a conversation I had with my brother today. We were talking about Van Halen. And as much as I like the Sammy era when it came out, I can't listen to it anymore. I, I just just what clicked with me back then just doesn't anymore. Um, it, I don't know. I just love the, the Roth era and I can listen to that stuff at any point in time. And if you like the Sammy stuff, great. I'm not going to be one of these guys that, Oh, Sammy sucks, but whatever. I just prefer the David Lee Roth era. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Slaughter's a band that I came to later on as well. Uh, Extreme is a band that I came on to later as well. Um, believe it or not, Judas Priest, uh, they solidified things with me with Painkiller. Why? You know, I was a casual Priest fan. I liked them. I didn't hate them, but I hated a lot of like the jargon that Rob Halford was selling. You know, he would come on TV and say, we're the greatest heavy metal, we're the greatest heavy metal band in the world. Sorry, Jeremy, that's my lame British accent. Um, and he would say, there's no other band that's as good as us in the world. It's this, it's that. And I was like, 
fuck this guy. Who does he think he is? <laughs> you know, and then painkiller came out. And that's what made me go backwards and, and really get into priests. So late to the party with them, late to the party with Metallica as well. Thanks to uh, Pete's brother, John. Uh, I remember coming back from Spain and they'd already heard. They already had the black album, which came out in August. I wasn't back from Spain yet. And I remember. John said to me. He said, um, <laughs> poor broomy accent. Yeah, that's shit. Accent. I think I could do a better Paul Diano. All right. Lift up your middle fingers. All right. Uh, anyway, so John said to me, you need to listen to this new Metallica album. I know you don't care about them because of all the stupid shit that we thought of uh, when we were kids that, you know, there were people in, in high school with us that said, Either you like Anthrax and Metallica or excuse me, Anthrax and Megadeth, or you like uh, Metallica and Slayer. And first of all, I hated Slayer. Again, another band that I didn't get into until much later. But he said, John said to me, listen to Metallica with an open mind. Without any pretenses, listen to this song, Enter Sandman, and let me know what you think. And I remember we saw the video on MTV and I was like, holy shit, this is kind of cool. And then he played for me on through the never to this day. I don't know if you could see this. My, I have goosebumps. Not only do I miss John, he's unfortunately no longer with us. Um, these conversations are very similar to the conversations I would have with him and Pete back in the day. And that song he, I remember him telling me uh, on through the never and of wolf and man, check these two songs out. Those two songs, but sad or those two songs plus sad, but true. I would play like on repeat over and over again. I remember at one point I listened to sad, but true like 80 something times straight. Of course, now it's been listened to so many times that it's different. But when that album came out, it was just so huge. And that made me go back and investigate Metallica. I will say that, you know, as much as people love Master of Puppets, it's probably my least favorite of, or one of my least favorites by the band. So in flip-flops though, can be Injustice, can be Ride the Lightning, can be Death Magnetic, which I absolutely love as well, can be the first album. So um, so see that, Jeremy? The two of us kind of did the same thing. We both did Black Album and Back. All right. This is another Steve Holker question. When you first started podcasting, what was something that was easier than you thought it would be? And on the flip side, what was something you thought would be easier, but turn out to be difficult. The last one is easy. Okay. Getting people into the show. That was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Um, and in general, the podcasting has changed a lot in 12 years. Early on, I was pulling at least three times the listens and downloads that I have now. Um, it, it's 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 not even close. 
Uh, I did the the Van Halen 2 episode that I did for the classic album series. Had 20,000 listens and downloads in a day. A lot of it had to do with uh, (laughs) Dan Lorenzo saying, if Van Halen never existed, I would have been happier or something to that effect. And people went apeshit to, to, to check out the post and then ultimately checked out the episode. So it worked out for me. But that's something, you know, with the advent of the Eddie Trunks and Jamie Justas and all of the known people that have come on board afterwards have really taken away from, you know, I all these years later, I see myself as an independent podcaster. Uh, not to be mistaken with an independent contractor that may be in the world of wrestling or maybe would have worked on the Death Star. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, when the, when the bigger names came, it also drew a lot of people away from the smaller shows, unfortunately. And I, again, I appreciate the fans that I do have. And um that's that's something that um I honestly thought that maybe would have been easier to maintain. Also, due to health reasons, I was touch and go for a lot of years with doing podcasts where I was releasing maybe 10 episodes a year. And I get it. People find other shit that they like better, and I'm fine with that. Um Things that were easier to do than what I expected. Yeah, when I started out, I could say, hey, I'm part of the Talking Metal family, and doors would open up. Um, When I was, you know, (laughs) not that I wouldn't be able, you know, nowadays I ask Mark if I can use his name for different things and and whatnot. And um, um, I don't, you know, people used to suppose because they would hear me on the show all the time that, oh, you can get me on Talking Metal, right? And it was, I can mention it, but I'm not the decision maker. I'm just kind of along for the ride here. Um, so that's that. that's my answer to that one, Steve. I hope that I was good enough answering. Jerry from Long Island. Different kind of desert album question. What band's full album collection would you take to your island? This is difficult because I've always said it. I've said it today. If you read my new releases post on the new Iron Maiden album, um, Iron Maiden and Kiss are my favorite two bands, you know, by far. One A and one B. But, um, uh, yikes, (laughs) Brad, you were distracted by someone who ate all his heroin. Wow. Uh, okay. The, the funness of poison control in Utah. Anyway, so getting back to the question, I was thinking about this because I went back and forth. Would it be kiss? Would it be maiden? Would it be kiss? Would it be maiden? Would it be somebody different? And I would have to say it's, it would have to be, (laughs) it would have to be kiss. Yes. Everyone needs a hobby. Now, let me ask you this, Brad, does he fall under the, he's going to die, but not from that. I don't know. I would think that maybe that's, that's one that you can't pull, pull with that one. Ate all your heroin. I don't know. 
So anyway, I would say Kiss, band that I've listened to, again, since four years old, uh, is is everything... Is is everything of theirs great? No, but I think I would have enough music there to make my stay on that island great enough. <laughs> oh boy, okay. But will he ble will he be bleaching it at the same time, Brad? That's the question. Um, let's see. <laughs> um Question number seven here, Mike Jones, Mike Jones in the house. Um, what made you move to Spain? A few different things. So for me, technically it's September 4th. A week from now is September 11th. Uh, I unfortunately witnessed September 11th from about a hundred yards away. At least the second plane hitting the towers from about one um football field you know one football goal away from another for those of you like uh Johan and and Jeremy uh one side of the football pitch to the other and um that really messed me up for a very long time uh I still can't watch footage from that for various reasons because the whole thing just plays in my head again Took me a very long time to get those sounds and those visions out of my head on a daily basis. Uh, my wife is from over here. I was working a, a job in New Jersey. Uh, was seeing everyone else get bigger cars, bigger boats, and me getting dollar raises every year. So I looked for something else. And I figured, uh, what's the difference if I move to Europe? Or if I move somewhere in the U.S., I had a job opportunity over here, so I came over here. So uh, that's basically it. Um, let's see. This is jumping on into Jose's 10 questions. So here's, here's a few of Jose's questions. And, and Johan, I'm going to touch upon food in a second. Next to heavy metal, what other types of music do you really enjoy? Okay, folks, uh, I was doing a show call, called No Metal Cred for a little bit because um, I decided or I decided that, you know, I wanted to do stuff outside of hard rock and metal because I listed a lot of other stuff outside of hard rock and metal. Um, and then it also depends how you define things. Do you define alternative rock, not hard rock or metal, because there are some things that kind of cross over? Uh, do you define things like nine inch nails that have an, you know, industrial harder edge to it? Do you consider that not hard rocker metal? Um, I love Duran Duran, for example, flat out pop band, information society, pop band. You know, I love a lot of different pop music. There's a lot of times where we're in the car and my wife will say, ah, is there not, can't you put on something heavier than this? I, I can't listen to this pop stuff anymore, but she'll do that with, you know, hair metal as well. So sometimes she just wants to hear stuff that's thrashier. So um, anyway, let's see. Second uh, question from um, Jose. 
Let's see. Um, what's your earliest music related memory? I mentioned it before seeing seeing Kiss uh, for the first time, four years old in in an album. Yeah. Jose, no, no bachata, no reggaeton, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. No cumbia, no, uh, pardon, no salsa. I never got into any of that stuff. I can, I can respect it. But when you go out for drinks and the only thing you're hearing is reggaeton, one bar after another, it's the same fucking beat. It's the same misogynist lyrics. Uh, time to find something else. So, oh, and another, uh, I'm, I said Duran Duran, I would honestly say within my top five favorite bands, I said, kiss, I said, Iron Maiden, I would honestly say you two, Depeche Mode and Anthrax. That's my top five. So, oh, I thought you were giving me the whip not the wah, uh, not the what. So. Oh, and I skipped over Mike Jones' question. Who's your favorite patron? You guys are all my favorite patrons. Thanks for your for your support. So there you go. Um, let's see. Um, what's your favorite place in Cantabria to visit? Now, this was Cantabria, for those of you that don't know, for those of you that aren't related to me in the uh, in the chat, it's the part of Spain that I live in. It's the province that I live in. It's the second smallest province in um in in spain um <laughs> mike is one of my favorite patrons to come out of new jersey i'm i'm taking my mother i'm using my mother like uh answers when we prod her about who her favorite son is um anyway so the province where I live is the second smallest. So we're the equivalent of what? Delaware, Connecticut. I forget which is the second smallest. I know the Rhode Island is the smallest, but favorite place to visit. I'll say this, that the other day we went on one of my favorite walks, which is um, there's, there's a famous, um, uh, there, there, there's a, a favorite or, or a famous, um, I'm, again, I'm reading the chat while, um, while I'm answering stuff. Uh, there's, there's a hike that we did. There's a famous beach called El Sardinero in Santander, which is the capital of the province. Um, we walked from the beach. You can park your car there and then there are, there's a set of stairs that you can go up. And there's a series of parks that overlook the bay, the ocean, more or less. And you can go up to the lighthouse and then beyond the lighthouse, you can walk up the coast. So just seeing that scenery and everything is really cool. And just walking by uh, all of that. Um, Botes or uh, Potes, as uh, we've affectionately come to uh, call it, is actually another favorite they they fix up the road so it's easier to get up there um but you know we love going to a lot of different places around here and now you know that my kids are actually of the age where we can go to different places we're venturing out more due to covid we haven't done it as much as we've wanted to but uh tortilla with or without onions uh, how about tortilla with onions, chorizo, and and green uh, peppers? That's that's my bag. 
but uh, we, we have to fight with my kids because they nothing green goes goes into their mouth. So uh, peppers is is off the table there. But they want shit like um, you know a layer of cheese or, or, or tuna fish on top, which to me is taboo or, or, or ketchup. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I hate going to La Magdalena just strictly because there's so many there's so many people that are there um that uh it's it's difficult it's it's difficult to go out um Gabriel I will say that I sent I I sent a uh, in a a message out to the patrons this was open to the patrons to ask the questions you're 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 late to the party here <laughs> um question four here uh besides pizza which you mentioned recently what food from back home do you miss because it's either not available or not as good where you're at um it would have to be some version of Italian food, which is Americanized, like lasagna, because the lasagna here has uh, uh, bechamel, bechameli, or however the hell you call it. It's a French thing. I- I'm sorry, Johan, if I'm butchering this. You're 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 the the chef out of the group here, so I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but uh, in Spanish, it's bechamel. It's this a cream that you use to substitute the ricotta cheese. And it just kills it for me. It makes it taste like plastic. Um, believe it or not, I miss certain uh, Chinese food dishes, like um, um, like uh, refried uh, refried rice and shit like that that isn't available here. Because Chinese food, believe it or not, is. Um, is made Spanish here. So the rice is different. It's more like paella rice, which is thick. Um, the way that stuff is fried is different. And um, what's, what's the best dish that I can, that I can cook. Um, and actually, can is much much of the, um, can is much macho Fernando. Uh, I, I don't want to, uh, I'm not seeing the older thing. Let's see. Quien es más macho? Fernando Lamas or Ricardo Mortalban? Answer it in public needs to know. Yeah, the old SNL skit. Um, the best thing that I can that I can cook. Um, actually, cooking on Mars. I actually did with my old Spanish podcast. I did a few cooking videos where I made. Um, I I did. Uh, nachos where I did them with uh, ground beef, all different types of peppers, um, guacamole, um, uh, sour cream or cream fresh, which is or cream freshy, which is the closest thing to it here. Uh, that and put that into the oven for like 15 minutes until it all browns. That's like my cheap, like less than ten dollar version of getting your Fridays you know, um, nachos or whatever that costs a ton more. And then I also did what I called, um, 
I would call them my atomic dogs. So it was a hot dog, which I would split down the middle, put slices of cheese in the middle, and then put jalapenos, onions, and then wrap that closed with bacon, put that on the grill, and then put it in a, in a hot dog bun. So, um, so there you go. Um, I tend to, you know, just do stuff like stuff on the grill or, you know, if I need to make burgers or chicken breasts or turkey, or actually for Thanksgiving, I've made American style turkey for, for Thanksgiving with, um, uh, with, with stuffing and the, uh, and, and the whole, the, the whole shebang. So there you go. I, I, you know, I've never shied away from cooking. I've actually, I've actually been stopped from cooking more so than by my wife to say, no, 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 I want to do it because you make too many funky combinations. I made, I saw a video where somebody made uh, uh macaroni stuffed pizza and I made it and she absolutely hated it. So uh, anyway, so anyway, let's see, where were we? Um, I don't know. There's uh, believe it or not. And this is a question that I get asked all the time. Uh, what, what Span you know, what Spanish restaurant do you recommend? And I always say, mm, I don't know because my wife is, is an excellent cook. So I don't normally go out to eat for something that is going to be better at home and is going to be fresher at home. Um, so usually when we go out to, um, uh, when we go out someplace, it's American fast food because it's stuff that we, you know, don't have at home burgers, fried chicken, pizza, stuff like that. So, um, that's what we usually go for. And, um, and in our little neck of the woods, we got what KFC like two years ago. So there you go. I'm sure we can make all that stuff at home but just don't know how to. Um, all right. Next question is Regma ice cream as good as it used to be, or are there any better places? They have a monopoly in the area. They're all over the place there. This is an ice cream brand that is from this area. So they're everywhere else. There's another brand called um, uh, La Polar, but they're, you know, it's more like uh, I believe they get um, stuff from some central location where it's not freshly made locally. So hot dog steamed, steamed in beer and hickory uh, smoke sauce. Yum. Uh, I will say that my grill is a steamer as well. So I do have an assortment of different types of wood chips. And I've also used white wine in the past to make different types of steak and stuff like that, or burgers and have it, have like a hickory taste or stuff like that, or, or even the whiskey stuff. So yes, I remember hot dog. Johnny's probably can no longer drink the buttermilk due to all the stuff that, uh, that has gone on with my intestine these last few years. Anyway, uh, let's see. What is your favorite pincho tapa, uh, tortilla and possibly, um, I don't know. Uh, no, gambas al ajillo, which is um, fried shrimp with garlic, basically. It's uh, 
So I would say that is the king. As kids, we used to go to Newark to get all of that stuff. So anyone that's in New Jersey that doesn't know about Ferry Street in Newark, if you want Spanish food that's very close to authentic, that would be the place to go. Uh, let's see. Best non-concert you attended. Um, or best non-metal concert you attended. Okay. So again... If you don't consider Nine Inch Nails um, metal, uh, I would I would say Nine Inch Nails by far. But if you consider that sort of metal, it would be the Police reunion tour, July fourth, two thousand and eight, at the uh, BBK Live Festival in Bilbao, Bilbao, Spain, which is about forty minutes away, and. Um, and that was awesome. Worst uh, crowd I was ever in, but the police were were awesome. Uh, Johan, yeah, I eat seafood. Um, we eat a lot of seafood because we're on the coast. So, um, but I mean, probably the sea, seafood that, uh, like what I was saying, we eat a lot of shrimp, we eat a lot of uh, squid, we eat a lot of... Um, uh, what, um, well, even stuff that isn't from here, like halibut or cod or even salmon. I eat a lot of salmon is probably the, the fish that I eat the most because of the, you know, the, the, the omega three and, and all that good stuff. So, or trout, I love trout as well. So I've make that stuff on the grill from time to time as well. Um, most memorable Rangers game. Most memorable Rangers game was with um, my cousin uh, Gabriel and with uh, Doug uh, Thomas. It was uh, Mike Keenan's first game back, and I have this recorded someplace on cassette still where towards the end of the game, uh, we started chanting... Um, we started chanting Keenan sucks and we got the entire Madison square garden to, uh, to chant it. And then they asked Essa after the game, what he thought about it. And they asked Mike Keenan about it and he, and they both said, Oh, you know, people kind of forget what we did and, and all this stuff for the team. And, and I was like, well, you guys got up and Fucking walked away when you had a, a better opportunity. Jeremy, New York Rangers, they're a hockey team. Um, I was actually speaking to Johan about them because um, Henrik Lundqvist just retired, who's going to have his number retired by the team. One of my all-time favorite Rangers as well. And that's a, a hockey team from New York. No Rangers, absolutely, or no, no Devils, absolutely not. Because when I was a kid, um, Rangers were on free TV and devils were not. So that's why I never got into, um, never, never got into the devils, but I've seen more games at the, uh, old, uh, continental airlines, Brendenburg, um, Izod center than any other arena because we got free tickets all the time. So there you go. Um, let's see. Number eight, besides family and friends, what do you miss about New Jersey? Um, 
just being there, just the surroundings, just going to, you know, various parks that I would go to on hikes. Um, I'm so want to go back. Hopefully next year we can go back and show my kids a lot of things. And, um, unfortunately vintage vinyl, which I loved, which just closed recently. Um, uh, hopefully by the time I get back, the sound exchange in Wayne is still open. There's so many vinyl albums that I want to pick up that aren't available here or that shipping will cost, you know, my firstborn child to have shipped over here. So I miss, miss a lot of stuff. Yes. I miss my cousin Gabriel very much. So there you go. Devils is my team in the USA. Love, love Martin Brodorn, Scott Stevens. Ah, Johan. Ah, oh. ah. Scott Stevens, the cheap shot artist himself, possibly two of my most despised players of all time, but I, I respect your decision, my friend. Um, there, there are a lot of reasons why I don't like Scott Stevens. One, one, he was shuffled out of the, uh, um, uh, he was shuffled away from the Washington Capitals for something that he did off the ice. And, and they shipped him off to St. Louis uh, just so he could escape prosecution from something. Then he didn't want to go to the Devils originally. And he only went to the Devils because Sean Burke was, was it Sean Burke? No, it was, um, Oh, damn it. I can see the damn player in my head. Um, it wasn't Kirk Muller either. Kirk Muller was the same circumstances, but with the um, with the Capitals. Anyway, St. Louis signed someone from the Devils who was a restricted free agent, and Scott Stevens was supposed to go to... Um, was, was supposed to go to... The Devils, they offered Rob Brindamore. They said no. They wanted Scott Stevens. Scott Stevens held out for six months. And then he, um, he, no, it wasn't a forward. It was, um, it, it, it wasn't a goalie. It was a forward. Brendan Shanahan is who St. Louis signed. I knew it would come back to me. Brendan Shanahan was signed as a restricted, restricted free agent. So they had to send Stevens back. Stevens didn't want to go. Stevens held out for six months and Stevens, unfortunately, you know, thanks to his cheap shots, shortened the careers of Paul Korea, Timu Solani, uh, Eric Lindros, so on and so forth. And he was taken out by the same type of cheap shot that he received or that he doled out at his head down. Somebody lined them up and checked them right in the head and, he had to retire as a result, so it was kind of karma. Um, anyway, let's see. Um, how will Barca do this year? Same thing I mentioned to my cousin Walter, who uh, and and Garbs, by the way, uh, Pack is is Pete. So uh, we have a. Uh, a sonic fusion reunion here in um 
in in the in the house today. There you go. Signals from Mars could be signals from Sonic Fusion. Um, anyway, Sonic Fusion was my first band. Gabriel was one of the guitarists. Pete was the bass player, and uh, Pete's late brother was the other guitarist. So I was stuck behind the drums and and singing with my crappy voice. So there you go. Um, anyway, as I told Walter. As long as Barcelona finishes within the top five, I will be happy. They're not going to win the Champions League, but they have a lot of young kids, a lot of young talent. I prefer them to play the young talent over the overpaid veterans that are just there for the ride. So there you go. Um, could they win Copa del Rey? Maybe. Could they win La Liga? Perhaps. But I think after uh, Griezmann, who did absolute crap uh, for Barcelona went back to Atletico Madrid I see them as the front runners so um, uh, anyway when are you dropping by Connecticut uh, hopefully next time we're in the States we'll see we were on a, one of our typical walks the other day saying first time we're there where are we going so Let's see, Brad, your question. I don't know if you're uh, walking someone off the ledge right now, if anyone is calling in about heroin, Black Widow bites, or even using bleach products to um, <laughs> between the cheeks as the call that he got last time. So he asked me for five bands and songs from between 2000 and uh, or 2020 2020 and 2021 but i'm going to give you a few more than that and i tried to go outside of the norm and try to curtail things towards yard metal if you guys haven't checked out brad's uh channel yardmetal.com or his page 24 hours of nothing but great hard rock and metal music and uh <laughs> you got it robbero yes so anyway here we go. And if anyone else wants to uh, take notice or write this down, and, and a lot of these songs are in, especially for this year, they're in the uh, patron um, curated playlist that you can find if you go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. And you could check on playlist. If you click on playlist from the menu, you can find the uh, the playlist in either the Spotify or Apple Music format. It is well over two work days worth of music. And uh, although it only shows up to 100 songs for both of those platforms, there's much more in there. So let's let's do it here. Songs that I recommend. Burning Witches, Dance with the Devil, Haunt, Mind Freeze, War Kings, Odin's Son featuring the Queen of the Damned, who is Melissa Boney from the band Ad Infinium. Unleash the Archers, Faster Than Light, had, um, had Brittany from the band on a, a few episodes ago. Seether, Bruised and, and Bloodied. Local H, Beyond the Valley of the Snakes. Phil X, who is Bon Jovi's guitarist. So it's Phil X and the Drills, which is technically his old band. I Love You on Her Lips. The Quill, Hallucinate. Scream Machine, uh, Demon Drome, 
Snail. Nothing left for you. Mr. Misery. Ballad of the Headless Horseman. The Warning. A trio of sisters out of Mexico. The song is Choke. The song starts out one way. And it takes you off in a completely different direction. And almost everyone that I've played this song for, the reaction is, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. So the warning, the song is choke. The Ugly Kings had Nick DeMont on last week. And Electric Lady, My Kryptonite is the name of the song that I recommend. Spirit Adrift, who just released the three-song EP, track is Wake Up. Edge of Paradise, who will be releasing the album The Unknown this month. The title track is already out. Check that out. And Bokasa, band that I talked about earlier, who I also featured along with Iron Maiden in my new releases post. And the name of the track that I recommend is Burn It All. But the entire album is really good. If you're into, again, stonery type rock, a lot of what Scandinavian hard rock bands have been doing lately. I definitely recommend that. If you guys want me to post this, I can do that. Um, let's see. Another question from Jerry. Iron Maiden in a huge outdoor stadium or Iron Maiden in a small club with 100 people? <sighs> Pete and myself got to see them at Montage Mountain in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I believe that's about 20,000 people that um that were held that were there. They actually did before they did two of their tours. They did small and when I say small it was for 8,000 people at the uh Bilbao Expo Center here in Bilbao, Spain. They played to just 8,000 people's and it people's. Yeah. People. And it was the warm up shows for their tours. I unfortunately did not get to see any of those shows. I will say that I did get to see Ace Freely in front of 200 people. And I've played here in Spain at a festival um, with roughly 200 people. So um, I would. <sighs> Seeing Maiden in such a small club would be just beyond ridiculous. And hopefully at that point, Bruce wouldn't be bitching about uh, audience interaction, but whatever. Um, okay. And the last question that was submitted to me was by Mr. Rob Rowe of the Rock and Row podcast. He asked me to list my top six Kiss albums and what would they be? So. Um, here we go. Top six Kiss albums by far. Creatures of the Night is my number one. Number two, Rock and Roll Over. Number three, Dress to Kill. Number four, especially the resurrection ver resurrected version that um, that uh, Bob Ezrin redid a few years ago, and that's Destroyer. The, the, that remaster just sounds so ridiculously good. Love the classic sound, but that's how you remaster an album. How they, how he did Destroyer, beyond ridiculous. Number four, or number five, 
You take I was made for loving you away and it's dynasty. And number six, kind of me cheating. How about side four of Alive 2, which I absolutely love. So um, that would be my, my top six Kiss albums. I mean, there are a lot of other albums that I love, even in the non-makeup era that I listen to all the time. So um, hard, but not that hard because, you know, I, I like a lot of this stuff. But um, there you go. Um, now I will open up the floor. If anyone else wants to ask any questions in the chat, I would be more than, more than happy to answer them for you. Uh, things have been going great tonight. A lot of interaction. Um, I thank all of you guys for being here. Um, any questions? Rush? <laughs> Johan, I Rush is another band that I started listening to a lot later because Rush was a band when I grew up that was always on the radio. Once Tom Sawyer hit, Rush was on all the time. So it kind of drove me nuts. And it was one of these bands where if you came across someone who was a fan of Rush, it was Neil Peart is the greatest drummer of all time. Getty Lee is the greatest bassist of all time. Alex Lifeson's the greatest guitarist of all time. Um, so on and so forth. So that drove me nuts as a kid. Now, I loved a lot of stuff that they put out along the way. And for me, believe it or not, Snakes and Arrows is the album that really, really got me into them. I absolutely love that album. And that's why I would love Iron Maiden to work with Nick Raskolinix because of what he did with Rush on that album. Not only from a sonic standpoint, from but from really getting them to go back to who they were, in my opinion, on those last two Rush albums. Um, but um, so, Johan, have you? Did you get to see Rush in concert? Have you ever seen them? If so, let's see. Oh, Brad, did you mean? What was his first Rush album or what was his first or um, Rush concert? <laughs> um, bands that are popular, but you can't stand and maybe surprised us. Wow, you got to see Rush six times. What was the most memorable, Johan? Um, bands that you can't stand that maybe... <laughs> Um, uh, surprise us um, Slayer not that I can't stand I can appreciate them now Volbeat is a band that I totally lost interest in that's one um, I'm trying to think see it's it's hard for me to, to recall bands that I don't like because um, <laughs> be, because of the fact that um, I, I focus on what I do like more so than, than bands that I don't like bands that I, that I used to like, you know, maybe man of war that I no longer like, um, I liked them for a, a period of time there, but it just got to be too much for me. Um, oh, wow. Sn snakes, which was a ridiculous setup front row in Stockholm. Wow. 
That's awesome, Johan. And I know that they're your favorite band. So just to be able to see them, because I th- that was that was their last um, their last tour of uh, of Europe, if I'm not mistaken. But um, uh, hey, we got uh, good old uh, uh, another Jose. We have Jose from here in Santander. Thank you for joining me. A, a master musician in his own right, a ridiculous guitarist. Um, when I used to help Mark run uh, Talking Metal, I used to um, uh, I used to insert his band Wayne in there all the time. Band that I still listen to all the time. And actually, if you guys have heard Galaxy of Geeks when I would do the quick hits. That is Wayne. So I may owe you royalties, Jose, for, uh, (laughs) for that. Um, Let's see. Oh, so you got to see them at Sweden rock as well. Wow. That's awesome. So I'm glad you got to see them. So you got to see them twice. Have you seen rush outside of Sweden? How about that? Um, do I prefer single or double bass? Depends the song. I think double bass is now being overused because of a lot of people doing studio magic where they later no longer play live. I've mentioned this several times recently, how I've seen dragon force, uh, where, where I've seen dragon force live and they were, not live. They were milli mini blah. They were lip syncing, milli vanillying it. So uh there you go. Um to Jose in Connecticut. My answer to your Anis or um or your Chupito of Orujo, uh it would probably be Orujo, but I would I would go Jack Daniels over both of them. So, and Jack Daniels with no ice. If it was good in the Wild West. It's good for me. How about that? <laughs> uh, so, so there you go, uh, Brad. I will, I will play you some of uh, Jose's band. The um, the the singer who uh, okay. Uh, so Jose from Wayne. I don't know if you've heard this story yet, but uh, when I was with my family in Barcelona, we were at Camp Nou, which is where Barcelona plays. My kids wanted to see the stadium. And I hear somebody yelling my name and I see this tour bus. And I see somebody stand up and I'm receiving a phone call at the same time. (laughs) And... um, and and all of a sudden I um I look up and it's Goyo who is the lead singer of Wayne, lead singer and guitarist of the band Wayne. And we're like, never in a million years, and I haven't seen any of you guys without COVID or anything else in probably two, three years in person. Um, I saw him at the top of the uh, tour bus and we chatted on the phone for for a little bit. So um Brad, it is 
It is W-A-Y-N-E. They're on Spotify. I'll send you a link. So if you want to check that out, um, I'll see if uh, if I can get a hookup for any of the CDs or anything. So I will let you know. Um, what else is going on, folks? What other questions you got? Um, interesting for uh, Paula. I'm not. I'm not sure if uh, if the uh, tortilla question with the onions or not was for a was was for a specific member of my family that hates onion. Uh, anyway. Rob Rowe, we need a monthly show of this. Ask Mars Attacks. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, it it could be a feature, and the the way the month is going, who knows how it's gonna it's gonna play out. Um, for those that don't know, I had Danko Jones scheduled on Wednesday. That did not happen. Trying to reschedule, trying to schedule um, John Bush. Or possibly uh, Joey Vera from Armored Saint for an upcoming episode. I was told it's going to happen. They just have to give me a date for Friday night show. Um, and I'm trying to work a few other things out as well. And uh, Johan Spain after loss against Sweden. Yeah, this means it's going to take them longer to get to the World Cup. They have no designated like forward. Sweden is lucky because they have Isak, who plays here in Spain for Real Sociedad, who is who is uh, um, he's great with Real Sociedad. Let's just say that he's a forward that I've wanted on Barcelona for years. Spain will be Spain is two to three tournaments away from competing. And um, once they once they get the forward situation straightened out, hopefully uh, Ansu Fati uh, is back and will be the main forward going forward, but we'll see. All right. No, no, no. The, the, the reason that I ask a, um, the onion question is because uh, a, a a member of the family uh, is uh, not allergic, but she hates onions, onions, butter, things of that nature. So we have to be very specific when when we make tortilla when she's around. So there you go. Anyway, yes, John Bush would be fantastic. John Bush, probably my favorite uh, interview of all time, outside of having you guys on. So there you go. Uh, are we, are we all on next Friday? So, okay. So here's the thing I threw up in the chat. What days, uh, what possible dates either next Friday or the following Friday to have the patrons on for the band discussion. If you are not a patron and want to be involved, $2 a month is all it takes. And you can join us next week. But uh, looks like we're going to be discuss discussing uh, Judas Priest because it seems to be what everyone wants. What everyone wants. So there you go. Judas Priest discussion next week. It will be similar or the week after. And it's 
honestly, it's depending on when they give me, um, when when they give me uh, armored saint. Okay, so Friday the twenty fourth, you're not available. No, it's either the the tenth or the seventeenth is when we're doing it. So uh, if you're not available on the twenty fourth, that's that's no problem. <laughs> what do you guys think about the uh, KK Priest music so far? For people that have checked it out, I know that I've posted some of the songs in the in Patreon, and um, uh, some of you guys have really liked it. Some of the stuff, some of the people have been lukewarm. Some people have talked about the lyrics, kind of hopefully being better. To my understanding, KK wrote everything without Ripper really being involved in the vocals. So we'll see what that happens. Um, if you look over here, oh, can I do this? Follow my finger here. See my finger here? If you take a look there, I may have to throw the um, the flashlight on. Let me see if I can get this. Not, I can't do it. Uh, anyway, right there. That is um, Triumph the Insult comic. So do you think the KK pre-stuff is good or is it, or is it to poop on? That's where I was getting, where I was going to. Yes, yes, very nice. Um, it's difficult for me to judge from watching the videos. I need to hear the album. Okay. I, I will say that maybe the lyrics to the song um, Brothers of the Road may be cheesy. But man, does that melody get stuck in my head. So I really like that song. And let's be honest, um, Priest hasn't always been... Uh, hasn't always been Opeth. There hasn't been a hidden, hidden meaning. So... But um, th th there you go. Um, guys, if you are in Patreon, I know some of you don't get, don't get to have time to go in and check out the videos. Uh, some people just uh, are there just to support in any way that they can, and I appreciate that. Uh, but, for example, these KK Priest songs, if you want to check them out, there is a search within um, <laughs> with, within within the Patreon page where you can check the stuff out. So there you go, Jeremy. You saw Priest two weeks ago. What did you think? Were they good? Were, were they, you know, I know that some people have been criticizing them about the set list that they're playing too many of the same songs. I know some people have said that opening with, uh, I believe it's one shot at glory, which I love that song. Um, I know some people have said that that, you know, kind of wasn't their, their bag as an opening thing. That's kind of like when I saw ACDC on the ball breaker tour, they opened up with back in black and a lot of people were like, well, that's not an opening song. And I'm like, that song is such a quintessential song. Uh, oh, okay. So Jeremy's gonna Jer Jeremy's gonna wait until the the pre special. Okay, I got it. 
Jeremy, Jeremy just dropped the dropped the mic on us. So there you go. Um last John Bush, last John Bush um uh interview you enjoyed, Rob Rowe. This is John Bush. This is a sample of the, you know, our conversation before the in the interview started. And I this is at the beginning of every Mars Attacks episode. Let's do it. That's John Bush. I'm ready. That's Joey Vera. That's from two separate interviews from two different years. And they kind of go hand in hand and I have them there. So um, let's see. How could, how could you go wrong opening with back in black? I thought the same thing. There were people that wanted them to open up with, um, I think like hell's bells or thunderstruck or stuff like that. But you know, <laughs> there you go. Judas priest references flying galore in the chat. Get down on your knees and repent. If you please, there you go. The sinner. Uh, one of, one of the staples of, or one of the only pre songs that Eddie trunk plays to death nowadays. But, um, There you go. Best ACDC song. Um, hmm. I'll say favorite, not best, because everyone's taste is subjective. That's the way I want my rock and roll. I love that song. How about that? Or if not, if it's got to be Bon Scott, maybe Shot Down in Flames or Touch Too Much. Um, let's see. Um, I will say this for, for those of you that um, this is a conversation that I have with Mark Striegel all the time where you know, his kids want nothing to do with any music remotely close to, um, to rock. My kids stayed up late one Friday because they were premiering songs off of ACDC's power up in Fortnite. So they went absolutely crazy because they played some new songs. They did Thunderstruck, stuff like that. And it was all animated. They went nuts. And it's funny because I think ACDC is the first band that they've begun to know from hearing the, the vocals and the guitars who they are. And I've tried to trick them, like playing Crocus and stuff like that. And, um, well... Big Balls is my eight-year-old's favorite ACDC song because, you know, all of us, you know, Haha, it's a joke, you know. He's saying balls, Dad, when I explained what it was, you know, so that um, instantly became his favorite. But my oldest son, one day we're in the car, he says to me, um, is this off of Power Up, the new ACDC album? I said, yes, why? He goes, I was listening to it on the computer the other day, and I really liked the album. I was playing, I forget what game he was playing, Minecraft or something like that. I was playing Minecraft and listening to ACDC at the same time. I listened to it a few times. I really liked it. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I will say that I've never forced them to choose any style of music because my oldest, loves 
listening to YMCA by the Village people. Uh, they love Old, Count, Old Town Road by um, Little Nas X. They love a lot of pop music. Um, Believer by Imagine Dragons. Um, what's another one that they play all the time? High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. So they listen to a lot of things. I don't want to force them just to listen to hard rock and metal. I want them to make their own decisions. And um, I've often talked to them how I want to do an episode every now and then with them talking about music and how they get into stuff because it's an unfiltered, untainted look at a lot of this stuff where for them with ACDC, it isn't, oh, I don't like this album because Malcolm Young didn't play on it. Because this is a Brian Johnson album and not a Bon Scott album, I don't like it. That type of a discussion. They, they're looking at it in a completely different way than we are. They're getting into music similar to the discussions that we have where I talk to you guys and like getting your stories from all around the world and hearing about what got you into a certain band or how a certain band rose to prominence in your country or your part of the, the world. Um, that's, that's kind of, you know, what I'm, what I'm getting from them, but my, um, my youngest, if there's something he likes, um, because they were using one of, one of my old iPhones, AIR by Anthrax was played 680 something times by him on loop. Until the point that I started saying, please play something else. Then it was uh, Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden. Then it was um, No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age. There are certain songs that he now varies stuff, so I'm thankful for that. But there are certain songs that he would play all the time. The song Seventh Son of a Seventh Son by, by Iron Maiden as well, over and over and over again. I was like, please play something else. Don't kill these songs for me. So. Um, there you go. Hello to my brother who is now joining us. Um, Rob Rowe, my stomach hurts from, from the laughter. Thanks to everyone. This has been great. You know, again, if this, if this is, you know, if this is what you guys, uh, milk from SOD is something that, um, that, that he's played also. So there you go. Uh, Johan, my first. My son's first rock songs were Far Cry by Rush. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Yes, Brad, you you've got it. Brad flexing his his Spanish knowledge there, flexing like a pimp. How about that? The last person that I used that terminology with on here was uh, David Ellison, and I asked if there was anything else he wanted to pimp, and he says, "I'm not pimping anything." I'm like, it's just an expression, my friend, you know, before everything went down. So, yeah, Far Cry is a great song by Rush. I'm telling you, Snakes and Arrows, if you guys are even remotely a Rush fan, listen to that album. Um, Spindrift, um, Armor, or, uh, Armor and Shield, I believe, is another song that I play on that off of that all the time. Um, there's there's like five tracks off of that that I absolutely love. And again, if you listen to that, think about possibly having the same producer working with Iron Maiden. 
I think he would take um he 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 would take the band to another level. So um <laughs> let's see. Let me crack open my uh rush playlist here. So just um let me see here. I can share this. So here we go. This is my rush playlist. This is just the part that has the songs off of Snakes and Arrows. Far Cry, Armor and Sword, Working Them Angels. Working Them Angels is a song that gets in my head and I just have to listen to it. Spin Drift and We Hold On, the last track. Just so good. Um, just absolutely love that album. But there you guys go. Um, <laughs> so my brother has left instruments throughout the house. So, so the kids get into the music, a keyboard and, uh, I've been a six string. I was going to resurrect your drum set. You have, um, you, you know that you have my permission to take my old drum set to your house. So whenever you want, the, the only thing, like I said, what, what kills me, and this is what we were talking about with last week's show, a symbol that I can pay a hundred and something dollars for in the U S costs $400 here. It will cost, it will be cheaper to bring my old symbols in a symbol bag on an airplane, which I will probably have to pay $300 to bring on a plane than it will to buy the symbols here in Spain. So there you go. Music is great for children and me. Uh, let's see. Um, so Jeremy's going with the classic with uh, Signals and um, Tom Sawyer. Signals. What do I have off of Signals? Subdivisions, Analog Kid, and New World Man. Song that um, that doesn't often get played anymore, at least in the States. Red Sector A, love that song. Time Stand Still. Um, animate. Driven. Driven is one of those songs that I kind of forgot about. And then when I listened to it again, just love that. And One Little Victory is one of these songs. Just... Um, just love that song. So anyone see Lars kids rocking out on Blabbermouth? Yeah, I was going to post the video in Patreon. Um, it's interesting because it's kind of like a white stripes, Royal blood hybrid. So the music is kind of more towards Royal, uh, excuse me, more towards um, white stripes, but they're kind of doing the, um, um uh, the 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 royal blood type of approach to it is what I'm trying to get out out of it so um let's see um roll the bones and xanadu roll the bones is another cool song so xanadu <laughs> listen to um 
Listen to Motley Crue this morning. Okay. So here's something maybe controversial that, uh, Rob, this is kind of along what you asked me and what Jeremy asked as well. So how about popular albums that I don't think are that great? Here are things that I can, that I can honestly mention. Um, Dr. Feelgood by Motley Crue. To me, that album has not fared well over the years. The sound is very dated in the sense that, sure, they were pioneers on the L.A. Strip with Too Fast for Love and with Shout at the Devil, but they became another band that was part of the pack, in my opinion, with that album. Did it? Was it a huge album? Yeah. Doesn't mean it was great, though. Um... How many albums do we know that sold a ton of copies, but you wouldn't consider the band's best album? I'll give you a Kiss album, Revenge. I think the, the guitar sound on Revenge is, is kind of thin. So it isn't one of my go-to albums. Do I think the song Unholy is great? Absolutely. But the rest of the album had the distortion of been cranked up a little more. I think that album would sound better. The guitar sound to me is just way too thin. And it's a product of, of that era. You know, um, they were coming out of crazy nights, not understanding if they were uh, Van Hagar or if they were Bon Jovi. So it was still trying to be uh, popular. So there you go. Um <laughs> Uh, Motley Crue cost me. I bought, I bought the end box at half price, but still a lot. Uh, are you, Jeremy, are you saying that you bought the box set after the, uh, Motley Crue discussion or just after, you know, when you found that on half price there? I love that night that John Karabi 94 album. I know that there are people that either love it or hate it. People will say that's not a Motley Crue album. Um, I love it. There's a lot of really cool stuff on that. A lot of heavy stuff. That is probably the heaviest that they actually got if you exclude the, the first two albums and even Theater of Pain. The first three albums and that Motley Crue 94 are their heaviest albums by far. <laughs> that's awesome so after the discussion you bartered you bartered it down what what was that on ebay or or um uh or on discogs where where did you end up getting the album from And let's see, Brad Dahl is, is with Rob on the Motley Crue album. So, yeah, that discussion was great. The Iron Maiden discussion was great. And I'm fully expecting the Judas Priest discussion uh, to be great as well. eBay was brand new and sealed. Awesome. eBay has plenty of stuff that, you know, it's... Just wait, waiting, stuff waiting to uh, to be picked up, basically. 
because they they switched it up so that it's more stores instead of individuals selling stuff. And there's just a lot of stuff floating around there that vendors are looking to uh, get rid of. <laughs> well, supposedly on Dr. Feelgood, Motley Crue was clean and sober. Uh, at least when they recorded it after that. Apparently they weren't. During Girls, 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 they were all messed up on it. And apparently, you know, you have the world's most functional heroin addict, which is, um, who's Nikki Six, who was able to write several albums buried in the back of his closet, um, tweaking on heroin. So go figure. He's got some special genes or something that have permitted him to do that, but whatever his prerogative, not mine. The one thing that I posted in the, uh, in the group uh, on the Patreon page, it was, uh, was that the, the press release that I received for the new 6am album that's coming out. Iconic band 6am. I'm like, iconic, iconic for being what shitty, homogenized fucking radio rock. Come on, man. Okay. Nikki six is in the band. DJ Ashba, whose biggest claim to fame is okay. He played in guns and roses, but Joseph Michael or, or whatever his name is. Um, yeah. Okay. He's sung backup and written vocals for people, including the two of them writing most of saints of Los Angeles by Motley Crue, but, um, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Dr. Feel just okay. I'm, I'm down with that. And Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, um, I'm not saying the title track isn't good. I'm not saying kickstart my heart isn't good, but I've just heard same old situation and don't go away mad so many times. And some of those other songs like Time for change and without you and stuff like that, that rattlesnake shake, sticky sweet rattlesnake shake with the bogus horn section and stuff like that. It just doesn't sound good. Um, heroin addicts can be very resilient. My heroin eater is doing quite well. Um, is 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 the heroin eater checking in with you, or, or is he in county lockup? What's what's the ETA on him? <laughs> oh, and yes, uh, to to answer uh, my brother there, yes, I like Motley Crue regardless as well. They're um, uh, a great band, maybe not great people, but. Hey, I'm there for the music. So it was, it was similar to, um, ah, okay. Gotcha. So, so we'll see. Hopefully in a future episode, you can let us know how the, uh, how the heroin eater is doing and whether, uh, whether or not he was able to, uh, make it, he will be going to jail soon. Okay. Um, and, and I'm assuming that 
they can't place the blame on you, as you mentioned, that people always ask, am I going to get in trouble? So. <laughs> so you're saying there are they are as iconic as Six Six Sputnik in our house. Six Six Sputnik actually had hits in the UK. Uh, 6 a.m. outside of wrangling their way on uh, onto um, Headbangers Ball because Nikki Six is in the band. They've just again homogenized radio rock. <laughs> Porcupine Tree, Steve, Stephen Wilson. I'll take it further. Opeth never got into any of those bands. So see bands that I've that I haven't been able to get into, which are very popular. Again, a lot of that has to do with um, a similar to Tool. I like Tool, but every time Tool pulls out, puts out a new album, uh, it's the greatest album of all time, as per I don't know how many fans, and it's not even their greatest album. How is this their greatest, the greatest album of all time? And I respect it. I know a lot of people like Porcupine Tree and all that stuff, but it unfortunately does not do it for me. Um, Stephen Wilson, too, with its recent comments that uh, he's made about heavy metal being garbage and metal being garbage and stuff like that. It's um, who's the majority of your fucking audience? People that love hard rock and metal. So I don't I don't get it. So. There you go. I, I mean, I don't I don't. Does he think the Dream Theater isn't metal? Does he think that you know early Queensrÿche isn't metal? Does he think that Rush isn't doesn't have you know bits and pieces of hard rock and metal? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get his statement, his his recent statements anyway. So, What else you guys want to talk about? Let's see. The drummer of uh, Porcupine Tree being unreal. I don't doubt it. Again, the prog musicians are phenomenal. But uh, I'm not even sure if I have anything. I may have something by uh, Porcupine Tree. Let's see. In my library. I do not have any porcupine tree in the library. So there you guys go. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that they're necessarily, um, if, if labels are, necessary in the sense that for example i had margarita monet of edge of paradise on two weeks ago and she you know with all her press release stuff she's pigeonholed as symphonic metal um and stuff like that and i don't i i, I don't get it because her voice is so unique what Dave does on the guitar and the instrumental, the 
in industrial elements that they add to the music really make it a hybrid of a lot of different things. So just to say it's symphonic music, it's like saying that Evanescence, who sounds nothing like Edge of Paradise, is symphonic music, which which they which people talk about. And and I don't get that at all because they're much more of a of a hard rock band, in my opinion. But yeah, and uh, Art's right that we listen to pretty much everything. And that's, again, I mentioned, that's why I want my kids to make their own decisions as well. Frank Zappa is another one that I never got into, guys. So there you go. Little by little, they're, they're coming out of the woodworks. But um, yeah, seeing that you guys think this is fun, um, I may do this more often. And this is actually easier for me to do than trying to get guests on every week. Not saying that we'll do this every week, but similar to the, the way that we do the, um, uh, the patron episode. <laughs> um, we, we may be doing this. So Johan, it is 20 to two in the morning and your side of the world. Um, in my side of the world, I appreciate you being up this late with us. Um, please, uh, stay safe. Um, have a good night's sleep and, uh, hopefully you can join us for the, the patron discussion next week on Judas priest. And, um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll have, we'll have to have more cooking discussions with Johan in the future since he's, he's actually a chef and the rest of us are wannabes. So how about that? Uh, thanks Johan again for, for being here tonight and for being a great supporter. So, uh, what would be the best child band made up of child musicians? Hmm. Um, interesting because if you want to consider baby metal when they first came out, Technically, all teenagers, they're all over 20 now, but um, um, I don't know, probably them. Uh, The Mexican band that I mentioned before, The Warning, those three sisters have been playing together since they were teenagers. They're all in their early 20s now as well, and they're, they're sick players. Um, baby metal is, is kind of cheating in the sense that, um, um, because the musicians behind them were all older people, they were just singing. So, um, mad respect for Frank Zappa. I just never got into him. Obviously he brought Steve Vai into the world, Terry Bozio into the world. Everyone that played with him was just sick players. And when he was sick and bedridden with cancer, he was um, he he was uh, uh, writing techno music. He was composing commercials. He was composing music for TV shows. He never stopped until he died um, putting music together. So mad respect to him. I never got into him, but doesn't mean that you know, I don't respect what he did. Um. Cool. So if you can join us, Rob, that that'll be great. Uh, in the future, when I hit you up to be on the show, I'll ask you a week in advance as well. So there you go. Yes, I also didn't get into the Yoko Ono experience. Correct. 
I remember with um, a, a late girlfriend of mine was big into the Beatles and um, and John Lennon. And there was a period there where she was buying all this John Lennon solo stuff and she had to buy Yoko Ono as well. She bought one album and never bought anything else. So there you go. The, the Plastic Ono Experience, I think was the name of the band. DC4 with three Duncans. That band is very cool. Um, their label, they're on High Voltage Music, which Bill Chavis, who runs it, Chavis, how you pronounce it, I think, um, isn't doing so well from a health standpoint. I don't know what's going on, but he posted like a cryptic message on Facebook the other day that didn't sound all that well. So um, I hope that whatever it is, he pulls through. But um, uh, there you go. Um, no, make a band up of musicians' children. Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot of musician, a lot of musicians, kids who are out there that are playing. I mean, obviously you've got Jason Bonham, you've got Wolfgang Van Halen now, whose album I thought was pretty good. I mean, nothing really sticks out from it. I think all the songs are solid, but it doesn't have like that one big hit that grabs you. Uh, Bruce Dickinson has several of his kids that are in bands. Um, Lauren Harris, Steve Harris's daughter was performing there for a while. I don't know what she's doing now. One of his sons is in a band. Geezer Butler's son is in another band. Tony Iommi's daughter was in another band for some time. Um, trying to think. Uh, we mentioned Lars Ulrich's kids. Um, Chris Cornell's kids also. Uh, Robert Trujillo from Metallica. His kid, Ty, has been in several bands. Slash's kid, Scott Weiland's son. Actually, there was a band with Ty Trujillo. Um, I forget what Slash's son's name and with uh, Scott Weiland's son. So the kids of three members of Velvet Revolver had a band and they all kind of, it fell apart after a while. So there you go. Um. I hope that's what you were looking for. <laughs> I'm sure that there are other people's kids that are in music as well. There were a few DJs. Well, you have uh, Kelly Osborne as well. Things like that. The hardest part, Rob, to do stuff recording from afar is getting everything to line up and sync up because you need to all be using the same program or there was something called Band Lab, I think it is, which allows you to like jam and record over the internet. But then if you have people cutting in and out, it doesn't work right. There's there's a lot of like hiccups with that with that whole thing. So uh that it's challenging. It can be done, but it's also challenging at the same time. So uh, but yeah, we have plenty of musicians. Uh, you mentioned you play bass, Brad pays plays bass. Jeremy plays guitar. Gabriel plays guitar. I play drums. Um, I'm not sure if anyone else plays an instrument. I think that's 
everyone. Oh, actually, Steve Hoker plays guitar as well. So yes, we've got several, several different um, um, players that are in here. Several different musicians. So, anyone else want to chime in before we wrap up for the night? This has been a lot of fun. A lot funner than I thought it would be. We have to thank Jeremy for the idea because he's the one that came up with it. Uh, when when um, when we talked about the whole Danko Jones thing not coming through, said, why don't you just do this? I said, well, I'll think about it. And he said, um, um, he said, just post it in Patreon. If we get enough feedback, do it. And I did. I got great feedback. I got funny some odd questions out of it so <laughs> i meant to share our files and we make a song i'm i'm a I'm, we'll have to talk about that further rob I, i'm not sure if i if i understand that um yeah the cavalera kids there's three of them um there's the son who's a singer and who also just did a project with his father and sung and played bass, I think, in that project. And then he's got two sons that are drummers. One of them is the drummer for um, um, for Soulfly right now. So there you go. But he's got another son that's also a drummer. And Brad had a kid eat ant bait. Okay. Like those small, like ant, like motel type things. <laughs> you have a space we can all get together. That space used to have uh, guitars and, and although they couldn't hear my drum set, they could sure feel the, the beats playing on, uh, on the floor. Yes, you could play the trombone. <laughs> there you go. He will not die from this. Okay. Yes, that is that is my new thing to uh, ask uh, Brad about. This happened. Is am I going to die from this? He's he's like a fortune teller. Oh. <laughs> So that's interesting, you know, getting back to the heroin guy. I, I thought for sure that, you know, you hear all this stuff about people having, you know, balloons rupture in their in their stomach and um and them dying from it. So that's why I thought that maybe that could have happened, but I guess maybe got to the hospital quick enough, so Well, my brother has access to my two old cowbells. I had two different size cowbells, and that was prompted by Tommy Lee and the Rage Against the Machine. So, I'm the the Jeopardy host of of metal. I I hope I don't get kicked off. And that's funny because I was thinking of doing a. I'm I'm actually thinking of doing like a quiz thing on the Mars attacks radio website 
maybe in a few months it may appear. I'll let you guys know. And the whole the whole premise behind it is to answer a series of questions within a certain amount of time. And at the end of the month, whoever has the most amount of points wins a free T-shirt. So there you go. That's the idea. <laughs> it happens on a Greyhound bus. You may not survive. So what's the difference between... Because you're somewhere in the middle of nowhere, as opposed to close to a close to a hospital, is 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 that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, it is a very coveted space. As is a, a, a another fucking property I got to show on Sunday. So there you go. <laughs> You would think many people on the bus would be carrying <laughs> naloxone, but not true. Game show trivia would be fantastic. The hardest part with game show trivia nowadays is doing stuff without people cheating, you know, and checking out online. I mean, obviously I could do something here where we do that. Um, but we would um it would have to be something so so that people wouldn't be able to look stuff up on the internet that i mean it's definitely something we could try in the future yes but are your cowbell skills up to um up to um damn it what's Pharrell's uh, first name not the uh not the rapper Will Farrell's uh first name w would you be doing it in the same thing wearing one size short so your stomach could hang out well i hear i hear goats and cows doing triplets on cowbells every single day when when i go for walks anyway Plenty of farm animals here with uh, all types of bells. Oh, yeah, sure. The game show would have to be live. Yeah. Third triangle. Kazoo. The um, uh, glockenspiel. Uh, what, what other? The claves you could play as well. Um, I'm, I'm sure there, there are more instruments as well. More percussive instrument, bongos, congas, um, wind chimes. Speaking of which, I have a uh, a, a, a pair of um, <laughs> of wind chimes that 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 I found at uh, at a specific uh, property that were from back in the eighties. At some point, handmade wind chimes, gold wind chimes. A one-hold piccolo. Yeah, that's kind of like uh, the, the one-eyed snake that Cheech sings about. In, um, uh, is, is that uh, Things Are Tough All Over, the Cheech and Chong movie. He's constantly singing about his one-eyed snake before he has to go to the bathroom thanks to the shish kebabs. So there you go. 
Cool. I'm going to wrap this up at the, at the top of the hour here. So we've got six minutes to go. If you want to get any last comments, questions, concerns, feel free to do so. Regardless of the trivia, I could take it to the next level. Perhaps. That, uh, that could very well be. We'll, we'll see. Now, the interesting thing, I, I wonder if people would be willing, if I could reach out and get some, you know, show hosts and maybe, may, maybe do that, get some other show hosts as well and see if I could, if, if I could uh, get them to answer. Some people, you know, due to their egos w- would not participate, so... Uh, is this the new signals from Mars record uh, live stream? Yes. Uh, Mars attacks recording. No, that would go to Gene Hoagland five and a half hours on the phone with him. B- uh, Bumblefoot three hours and change with him. Uh, Michael Kiska from Halloween. Um, two and a half hours with him. So. I've I've had some long interviews with people. There you go. I like to choose the last interview section session because of the fact that I can talk to people longer and you know I don't get the uh oops, someone else is calling, I gotta go. So <laughs> yes. Um if 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 this show, uh, Brad, you know, you've talked about wanting to get or, or trying to get, um, trying to get, trying to get sent on uh, administrative leave. Um, uh, I may be on administrative leave from here between one-eyed piccolos or one-old piccolos and heroin talk. Who knows? Thankfully, nobody has complained yet or about anal bleaching. So um, let's let's hope that people continue to have a sense of humor and realize that, you know, this is all in good fun, good sport. So are all of my f- relatives cool? Absolutely. That's a common gene within the, the majority of, of us is that we have a, a cool gene. So. <laughs> Rob, take it easy. Thank you for being here tonight. I, I greatly appreciate it. And um, uh, we'll we'll make that Judas Priest discussion happen next week. And um, also, in for future reference, I'll reach out to you a week before to see if you want to come on and talk about your podcast and all that stuff. So, awesome. And... Um, the show has been great. Two hours, but two hours that have flown by. Th- that's what I love about doing these shows is that it's never difficult. Even when I think that I'm not going to have enough with a guest, I can more or less pick some stuff out or you guys in the chat help move things along. So um, I enjoy you know, the support. I'm grateful for the support. And um I hope all of you guys are safe and all of you guys have a great weekend. 
Uh, thank you again for checking this out live for everyone that popped in and said hello. Thank you to everyone that uh, listens to this after the fact. If you get all the way to the end of this two-hour show, uh, tell your friends about Signals from Mars. Tell them about the great atmosphere and how you guys can chime in and and talk about you know the music that all of us love, hard rock, metal, and even stuff that wasn't hard rock and metal. We talked about other forms of music tonight. So there you go. Um, also, the Patreon is there. Uh, go to Patreon forward, patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast. You can get in for as little as two bucks a month and be, um, be involved in the Judas Priest discussion next week. And uh, from there, enjoy all the videos that I post and all the other content that is made available via Patreon, all the questions and all the different things where people chime in like this, all these questions went out to the patrons first. So thank you to them for their support and for providing all of the great material that we started the, the show with. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, they're actually, podcasters and people on Twitch that go for 24 hours. So I don't know that, uh, that that's something that I can physically do, but it's a thought one of these days, maybe we'll see. We'll have rotating guests coming in, Brad telling stories and other people coming in and chiming in about different things. It'll be like a telethon. So there you go. Anyway, guys, thanks for such a great show. Thank you guys, because you guys made this happen. And again, appreciate everything that you guys do and everything that, you know, you guys for listening, for chatting, for sharing, everything else. Thank you guys. And we'll see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and VMRIT.com. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 